an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and we've got Bob Savage here with us. At a safe distance. Uh, pardon me, uh, it's a good thing that my the, you know my head is not close to you because it's exploding right now. Has gl- I glanced up, and of course, uh, Andrew's uh, having one of his, not you, the other one, uh, having one of his interminable noontime COVID press conferences, and there's a graphic up there that said, if we can't set aside partisan political politics now, then when? Mm. As he as he taunts the you know federal government because they're not giving him stuff, and then take shots at you right. know political opponents. Of course, yeah, of exactly. Course. Yep. yep, yep, yeah. You know, uh, Cuomo. Actually, Cuomo said this once. I can't recall when and where he said it, um, but he he said, "I've been a politician my whole life. I've been born and raised in it." And and, he, and it's true. I mean, he's he yeah. is a political animal. Tell, tell us something we don't knows. know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But he, but he knows. He he knows how to take a crisis. He knows how to take anything that's going on and try to twist and turn it into his own um, benefit. And actually, that's that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Sienna poll um in his approval ratings and and we're we'll, we'll definitely talk about that oh you mean um, the, the sienna poll you mean tas you know the the old the soviet news agency that's what sienna yes. is basically tas new york state tas there you go yep yep so we're we're definitely going to talk about that we're not going to talk about it right now but that will be coming up in the show um because his approval ratings are pretty high even among sure republicans they are. oh yeah so, you bet yeah, well, we're gonna look at the cross tabs because, uh, and we'll we'll talk about cross tabs and what they are in surveys. Um, it's really important when you see a news headline. I'm gonna share some of the news headlines with you guys that you look at the cross tabs because it's very easy um, to pick and create the information that you want to pick and create. Um, and usually, when you look at the cross tabs, you can see. Um, Bias, I guess, no. is, is the best way to explain it. That never uh, happens with a poll. No, never, never. I mean, here's the thing. Realistically, um, polls can be very good, and polls can definitely give you direction. However, you can't take them as an absolute. Usually the sample size is pretty small. Um, so uh, we're just going to talk about that. So we'll talk about that later. But first, I want to give you guys a little bit of an announcement um, or news, I guess. Not really an announcement. Um, something that you may or may not be hearing on mainstream media about Justin Amash. 
Um, Justin Amash has been kind of described by many people as the most libertarian elected congressperson, also the most conservative elected congressperson, and he's also probably one of the most, I don't want to say disliked Congress people, um, but he's 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 in that kind of uh, oh, what's what's the right word for it? Uh, Benedict, um, Benedict Arnold, maybe? Or, did I say that in my out loud uh, voice? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I mean, you, you know, and, and that's that's exactly it. Like some people have that reaction to him. Um, he's he's like loved by many, hated by many. Um, there's kind of like no in between for this guy. Um, he announced that he's looking at running for president under the Libertarian Party, um, which is going to be very interesting because there are many Libertarians that go, absolutely not, this guy's not a Libertarian. Um, then there are others that say, well, he's the most Libertarian person elected to Congress. So at some point we'll explore whether or not that's true. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Maybe we'll interview him. Um, but that's kind of big news in the Libertarian world because I would consider him... Um, a heavy hitter in terms of the Libertarian Party and would probably bring a lot of press to the Libertarian Party. So um, just just that little tidbit of announcement. It seems that more people are starting to announce their presidential bids. Um, so we're going to have probably a couple more people to interview uh, in the next few weeks. Will they wear funny hats? Uh, they just might. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, I think uh, there's there is one other candidate that we haven't gotten on the show yet that does wear a funny hat. Um, so maybe and and six ties, I believe he wears a funny hat and six ties all at once. So yeah. Oh, it's it's all about attracting people's attention. No, that's uh, not, you're kidding me. <laughs> okay, I I apologize for taking a swipe at Justin. I didn't realize where you were going with this. I I didn't know he was going to be your candidate. Uh, sorry. Uh, um, no, no, you, it's, folks, it's totally you, fine. Like I said, he's you may loved disregard and hated, my comment you know? if you want. It's, it goes both ways. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen. I mean, Justin Amash has got some credibility. He's got some gravitas. He he does, and that and that's where I think that regardless if he becomes a candidate or not, right? He's just announcing that he's he's starting the process to seek the nomination. I think him being a part of the process is definitely going to lend um, a little bit more media in the direction of the Libertarian Party. Uh, I also believe, and I think a lot of people share this sentiment, that this presidential election is going to be um, so uh, – what's the best word for it? it the the two-party system is working so hard against each other. Yeah. It's going to be very, very difficult for anybody to really squeeze in and, and kind of get above that media wave there yeah um because hyperpartisan like, my guy or the other guy hyperpartisan is the word that comes to mind yeah there you go that's that's a much better way to to explain it um one thing i wanted to share with you guys though shifting gears just a little bit is that um i, I want to share you know we talk about first liners we talk about people who are out there medical first responders who are responding to COVID 19 they're out there um, you know, theoretically at higher risk of infection, depending on what they're doing. But there's there's some other people that are working nonstop uh, to keep things going, moving along smoothly, that they're not really hitting headlines. They're not really being talked about much. Um, so I want to share that with you guys. I want to talk about the factory workers 
Um, and I'm pulling up the name of the factory here. Oh, oh hold on. News media uh, ad uh, at Braskin America um, in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Their factory makes um, like N95 masks and other um, protective equipment that healthcare workers are using, first responders are using as they respond to things. Um, these workers in the factory voluntarily decided that they were going to live, sleep, eat, and work in the factory to prevent any spread or infections of COVID-19. It was like for a month, wasn't it? Yeah, 28 days. So they just they just it came out uh, either today or yesterday. Um, they've been working essentially 12-hour shifts on and off for 12 days straight. They haven't seen family. They haven't left the factory. They haven't done any of that. Um, it was a decision they made together. So um, I, I thought it was worth just kind of like bringing this story to light, letting people know like what people are doing voluntarily. They, they weren't told that they had to do this. It was a choice they made. Um, and and I, I got to say, I've, I've heard about this happening with some of the nuclear power plants that when COVID-19, when the government was like, hey, this could be an issue, um, they essentially sealed the employees inside the plant. Um, and, and I don't think that was a voluntary like thing. I think that was like, this is the protocol. Like if you people get sick and can't like handle the nuclear power in the plant, like we could have a problem. Um, so, so it's just kind of interesting, you know, you've got, you know, quote unquote heroes, if you will, people who are willing to make a voluntary decision, knowing that what they're doing is really important. Um, and they didn't want to take the risk to get sick. So they spent a month away from their families. Uh, just to make sure that they were able to keep production going. And uh, I think that deserves to be recognized. So you guys are listening to Radio Free New York. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. And uh, we're going to shift gears now. We're going to talk about this Sienna poll that came out. Um, and I'm going to apologize to you guys. I, I had some notes written up in advance that I was going to share with you. And then I looked at the date. I, I realized some of the questions didn't seem to line up right on the poll. I'm like, hey, where'd, where'd these questions go on the poll? Um, turns out Sienna did a poll very similar to this one about a month ago. Uh, but with some different questions, some different demographics, you, you know, the, the whole everything. Um, and I was actually writing notes based on the wrong poll. Um, so, but what I do have, I do have the most current poll. And before we talk about this poll, I want to talk a little bit about how to be critical of polls and how to see where the information really is because uh, and i know bob bob will back me up on this uh you can make a poll say what you want it to say hmm. yeah well that's what they're all about i mean there's a there's actually a term for it. it's called push polling there you go push polling yeah and you know what I'll, I'll tell you campaigns will actually pay money to have a polling place pull in a certain way that makes their campaign look more favorable. So when they press release it, they can say, "Hey, look, we're um, you know, we're so close 
and and to like kind of rally up their base. Actually, we saw this um, in the 2018 gubernatorial race where um, the Republican candidate released a poll showing he was within two points of victory. And when you looked at the cross tabs and you looked at the company that did the polling, uh, the company that did the polling was actually owned by the chairman of one of the Republican county uh, political parties. Yeah. And... Sometimes it's not that overt, uh, but uh, it's more subtle. But, uh, yeah, what happens is the the poll, instead of reflecting public opinion, starts to drive it because uh, yes. folks are confused. You know, there's a lot of conflicting media messages out there. And so they look for validation. And if somebody comes out and says, well, you know, Andrew Cuomo has a 97% approval rating upstate. You know, you, you, it's counterintuitive. You think, but what, what about the SAFE Act? And what about the taxes? And what about all the authoritarian crap that's coming down from him? Uh, but no, 97. And, and you'll see, you know, his real world approval rise. Maybe not much, but some. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing you'll see in these polls, and, and Bob's absolutely right, by the way. The, the reason they do this um, is because when you see that poll, you become emotionally attached to those numbers. You go, oh, my candidate's going to win. And if you were on the fence, um, you would you would then switch over being on the fence based on the poll. So it's it's a psychological thing. Um, they they want to put it out there. They want to push people in the direction. And that's why the crosstabs are so important. The crosstabs essentially tell you the question that was asked – the answers, and then it breaks down what people answered and how they answered. And then at the very end of the cross tabs, it has this thing here, and I'm gonna tell you guys what it is. Um, it, it's it's the nature of the sample, which essentially tells you um, what percentage of people were polled based on their demographics. So I'll give you an example. This Sienna poll that I'm looking at right now, um, when they did their polling, the nature of the sample is 49% of the people who were polled um, were Democrats, 22% Republican, and 27% uh, Independent oh, or other. Holy moly. Yeah, and so, it, go ahead. Oh, so so the the first thing you want to see here with this poll is you'll see that it's it's pretty heavily skewed Democrat. However, Sienna can probably justify this based on voter numbers. And I bet you if they pulled up the areas that they surveyed, they would probably say something like, well, in the areas we surveyed, 49 percent of the people were registered as Democrat. That's why we did it this way. Um, that, that's my guess anyways. I think that's why they would validate that. Um, but other places, you know, in other polls, that might not be the case. And since I don't technically know where they surveyed, um, that, that could just be what they say. That might not be true at all. Yeah, it also, be, also depends oh, on. It also depends on how they ask the questions, too, right, how the, how the questions are framed. So if the poll is attempting to justify Andrew Cuomo's extension of the you know, economic shutdown upstate uh, when you know, the medical evidence is continuing to evaporate that that's really necessary. So they'll pose a question. The question will be posed like, uh, which would you rather have? Are you in favor of continuing uh, the uh, corona shutdown? Uh, in order to save lives, or do you want uh, big businesses to make 
profits while people are dying from COVID virus. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So framing the question, um, you can frame a question in a poll to make sure that the you get the intended response. So the question could be, are you in favor of quarantine or do you want people to die? <laughs> well, people are going to choose. Uh, yeah, quarantine sounds better than people dying. And then surprise, you have a poll that says 98% of people want to continue quarantine. And uh, when you go and you look at the cross tabs, you can see the question and you can kind of draw your own conclusions how people would answer those questions. Um, the next demographic marker here in this poll is is really important because um, we all know that New York State is really broken up into regions, culturally, um, industrially, economically. You know, we have Western New York, we have the Finger Lakes, we have the Southern Tier, we have the North Country, um, we have the Capital District. We also have Downstate, and they're very different districts. They're very different regions um politically economically everything well this poll specifically is uh it polls new york city and the new york city suburbs at 66 percent of the population in this poll while upstate all of upstate is only got 34 percent now even population by population that that doesn't line up um so so this poll was heavily polled downstate um, so when we talk about the numbers and the results in here it'll be pretty important to to remember that upstate downstate um, differentiation there um, then then they've got other things in here that you guys can look at um, and you can go to sienna's website you can grab this poll right off the internet um, and you can actually click cross tabs it's one of the first things you see um, and you guys can actually look at this yourself that way you guys are kind of like following along here um, but then it goes on to say, you know, what percentage were male, 45%, 55% were female, um, the various age ranges. Then what you get here is political view, which is also important. Um, now, this is the question that they'll ask you on the phone. They'll say, um, you know, do, do you identify as liberal, moderate, or conservative? Well, on this poll specifically... Um, 30% identified as liberal, 44% as moderates, 23% as conservatives. Um, and, and that goes on. It'll, it'll break out ethnicity, income, um, all that stuff. So so why am I sharing all of this with you guys? I'm sharing this with you kind of as a, a little bit of an educational moment. Um, I want to challenge how the media portrays polls and also want to give you guys the tools and the power and the information to see if a poll is valid or not um, because what we're going to end up doing we're we're going to go through this poll and we're going to look at some of the numbers see which information seems consistent what seems off you know kind of assess did they ask these questions in a fair way or not um, and and just kind of like look through all of that um, but before we do that, I want to read to you guys uh, the headline uh, from NPR specifically. So this is the headline that came up from NPR about this poll. And it says, conservative New Yorkers trust Cuomo over Trump on state reopening. So if that's not a, uh, a clickbaity, um, <laughs> you know, headline, I, I don't know what is. 
and we're we're gonna look at whether or not that's true but i also want to pull up the sienna website because sienna wrote this a little bit differently they wrote that 87 percent of new yorkers approve of cuomo's handling on the coronavirus now i'm i'm giving you guys these numbers because when we go through this we're going to talk about well what is considered approval what is considered trusting somebody over somebody else did they even ask those questions or was it totally taken out of context um so and and here's another piece here um by sienna it says new yorkers overwhelmingly approve of the job governor andrew cuomo is doing to address the coronavirus pandemic 87 to 11 percent this is C- also, this is sienna this is sienna yeah <laughs> yep. this this is over the top even for them i i agree yeah i mean it's it's pretty um and, and when you see some of the numbers it's it's like wow where did are these numbers accurate but once again remember their 66 percent is from downstate and only 34 percent of the people polled are from upstate so that's that's one of the one of the things to consider as as we're looking at this um it goes on, it says, they also give overwhelmingly high marks to their local health department, Dr. Anthony Fauci, their local government leader, and the CDC. New Yorkers disapprove of the job Vice President Mike Pence is doing, 47 to 41%. Oh, well. And they disapprove of the job President Donald Trump is doing, 56 to 41%. Well, that's a believable so, outcome. Yeah, so so here, here, here we are. Um... This is the the press release information from Sienna. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at the numbers in their own crosstabs and see, does this line up with, uh, with their press release and NPR's press release? We'll talk about that and more on Radio Free New York. listening to Radio Free New York. Yes, we're talking polls today. Get it? <laughs> yes, we are talking polls. So if you're just joining the show, this is Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. And uh, we're talking about the Sienna poll that came out. Um, taking a look at it here and wanted to kind of teach you guys how to be critical of polls. Um you know, very often you see a news headline that bolsters some some exciting, tantalizing, clickbaity number that you have to click on um, because the numbers are just too good to be true. Uh, and, well, usually they are. Uh, but, you know, you're probably arguing with a friend, a family member, talking on social media whatever and somebody says hey look at this poll done by this maybe reputable company reputable source it proves i'm right and you're wrong um and so what we're doing is is we're kind of looking at this latest poll because um i want to show you guys how to look at polls critically and also i i think the numbers are worth just you know talking about i mean cuomo has an all-time high approval rating according to this poll 
um, higher than he's ever had. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, hard to believe that this many people approve of Governor Cuomo. So I must be in this little tiny percentage here that's left out. Um, I, I don't know. So that's that's what we're looking at. One thing I forgot to mention to you guys while we were talking about the crosstabs. So if you're just joining us, the crosstabs are the breakdown of the poll, how people answered at the very end, sometimes at the beginning, but usually at the end, there's a breakdown of the demographics that were um, polled. This poll in particular that we're looking at, guess how many people, Bob, were sampled um, and uh, how many people did they call to uh, to ask these questions to before they decide this poll would speak for everybody who lives in New York? Now, is this to select the questions or is this the actual poll? So this is the actual poll. How many people did they call to ask these questions? 375. Oh, you're not so far off. 566. Yeah, tiny is the point. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So do... Do we even have any towns in New York that have a population that small? I, I don't know if we do. Well, unincorporated? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot of, like, hamlets and stuff. Yeah, maybe some hamlets. But, you know, I, I would say, so 566 people were surveyed. Um, and this is one of the hottest news stories rolling around right now on the various media sites saying what Cuomo's approval rating is based on the word of 566 New Yorkers. Um, and if we do the math on that, only 34% of them are from New from upstate New York. So I'll take 566, multiply that by 0. 0.34. Uh, so 160. Yeah, 192.5 people uh, from upstate New York. So we'll call 193 people uh, are speaking for upstate New York here on this poll. Um, so with that being said, you should already be hearing these numbers and thinking, Huh. Are those numbers going to be accurate with such yeah. a small sample size? Uh, I, I'm thinking no. I'm thinking the answer is no. Um, but I'll I'll let you have your own opinion on that. And of um, course, they oversample the Democrats because the justification will be, well, the De Democrats have got a, a you know a bigger registration base, voter registration base, which yeah. is not dispositive of public opinion necessarily. Well, and what's interesting is the number of people who aren't registered to vote in New York State. There's way more people not registered to vote than are registered to vote in New York. Um, so when they do these polls, they're not truly sampling public opinion. They're just sampling the opinion of the people who vote, which is really all government officials care about anyways. If you're not registered to vote, why would Andrew Cuomo or any other elected official care about your opinion you don't even have the capability of voting for them so it's uh it, you know as as you start to learn about these polls you'll you'll start to see that they they can be very skewed um and and that's exactly what we're looking at so i'll start off with with the very first question here on the poll i've got in front of me i've got the cross tabs here and question number one is is new york state on the right track or is it headed in the wrong direction? And then um, the the people being polled are offered right track, wrong direction, or I don't know slash have no opinion. And what you see here, which is, is very interesting to me, and we're going to compare this to question number two, 
65% of the people said New York State is headed on the right track. And and the breakdown here is 76% of Democrats said that New York is on the right track. 53% of Republicans said that New York is on the right track. And 56% of independents said that New York is on the right track. Um, so those numbers aren't so different from each other. But what I find interesting when you look at the crosstabs is the less income you make, because it'll break it down. So it breaks it down, people that make less than 50000 a year, 50000 to 100000 a year, and 100000 or more a year. The less money you make, the more likely you are to believe that New York State is on the right track. Sure. That's so, not surprising at all. Yeah, not not surprising at all. So those numbers line up. You know, if you're making less money, you're probably thinking, well, New York's not going in the right direction. But if you're making more money, you know, 72% of people making $100,000 or more say, yeah, you know what? New York State, we're going in the right direction. Now, what does that um, suggest to folks out there? That suggests to me that uh, the the you know the high income earners in New York State are increasingly public sector workers. They're uh, government types. They're people who are in education or in healthcare, which are completely government dependent industries. So, of course, they are going to uh, they're they're going to pet the hand that feeds them. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. And also, I think it it also goes to like general human nature where if you're doing well you're apt to say things are going well you, you know just kind of that whole like if things aren't going well if you're not stable financially you you're probably your worldview is well i'm not sta financially stable so things are just not going in the right direction well just take, um, take a look at the makeup of the workforce i mean for example in rochester new york for those of you along the network uh here in our home city the number one employer is the university of rochester Okay, so that's a combination of healthcare because uh, there's a teaching hospital, a strong memorial, and then you have the university. Uh, those people are overwhelmingly supported by state government, so of course they are going to they're going to support the direction that state government is going in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, the one feeding you, the one signing your paycheck is generally who you're going to be loyal to, especially if it's a good paycheck. You know, if it's not a great paycheck, eh, you might look elsewhere. But if you're making six figures, probably you're pretty comfortable with that. Um, and, and so far, looks like that that is the case, as supported by this poll. But once again, only 566 people. Uh, so pretty hard to, to pin this on, on anyone, I think. Um, but let's move on to the next question, because the next question, I, I think we see uh, an interesting flip here where how would you describe the fiscal condition of New York State right now? Would you describe it as excellent, good, fair, or poor? Well, as you might guess, the fair and poor both got 36%. So although people are saying, hey, New York State is heading in the right direction, 72% of them then switch over and say, but we're pretty bad off economically right now. Um, and if you look at the numbers, you get an exact flip where you see the people making the least amount of money, which, which is very interesting to me. The people that make the least amount of money don't seem to 
um, think that New York State is as bad off as it is. Whereas the more money you're making, they're like, yeah, New York State's in a bad spot. So what does that mean? People who maybe manage more money are a little more cognizant of how bad off New York State is right now financially. All right, guys, we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to get into some of the, the juicier parts of this poll, the, uh, the pieces that I think are going to be most important for you. We'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York. Radio Free New York. All right, welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and it sounds like we've got a caller on the line. Yeah, John. Uh, John the Optimist happens to be on the line here on Radio Free New York. Hey, John. Hey, Bob. How are you? Hi, Andrew. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, listen, uh, I, I've been listening to the show, and uh, i got to tell you, I am not surprised at these results of this poll because l- let's look at it this way. Uh, the Rochester region, you got the Democrat and Chronicle. Who writes the national stories for the Democrat and Chronicle? Well, given, U- given the recent Today, spate of uh, layoffs, probably not many. <laughs> but USA Today and uh, the Associated Press. Now, the Buffalo News, I subscribe to the Buffalo News also. You've got the national uh, uh, reporters from uh, New York Times and Washington Post almost exclusively. So what's happening is the uh, people in the state, conservative, liberal, leftist, whatever you want to call them, uh, are getting inundated day after day by this left-wing uh, propaganda. And that's having an, an effect. In fact, I was listening to NPR the other day, and they had three conservatives to get their take on what this uh, – COVID virus situation is and what their interpretation was. And the conservatives, the three of them, two out of the three, just trashed Trump unbelievably. The, the third was a little more uh, polite. Uh, and I just think people are getting overwhelmed by this, uh, I think, wrong uh, propaganda. When you think about it, I listen to the governor's uh, press conferences every day. And there's not one question I've heard from the peanut gallery, the reporters, of, uh, regarding uh, the actual death rates. It started out to be 5%, went down to 4%. Now they're, they're predicting that within a, a month or two, the actual death rates are like going to be about 0.1 of 1%, which, which is very similar to the flu death rate. But I have not heard one question by the reporters in all the governor's press conferences about these inflated death rates. And uh, it's unbelievable. And the other issue, uh, recently uh, the governor put in, uh, or his Department of Health put out a uh, edict to uh, mix COVID, COVID patients in the nursing homes, which has created, I think, a tremendous amount of death. That was a big blunder. Uh, unbelievable blunder. Hardly anything has been said about that in these press conferences, and I think a lot has to do with this propaganda by the media. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah. So, so thank you so much for the call. And my, yeah, my thoughts are this, I think it goes back to the phrase of the new normal. And, and what, what I mean by that is this, you digest media on a daily basis, whether that's television, um, written news, online media, video, whatever it is. And you see people standing up saying that they have the same ideology as you. Um, maybe that's uh, the conservative, maybe it's independent, maybe it's liberal, maybe it's something in between all over the place. Um, and you hear people saying, I believe the same things you do, and this is okay. And you hear that day after day after day. What are we on? Day like 40 or 50 or something like that with quarantine? Bob, do you know where we are with the numbers? Uh, I it's no in the clue. 50s, I think. In the uh, 50s? Yeah, yep. go, ahead. go ahead. So, So it takes... 36 days to 66 days to create a habit well in 36 to 66 days if you hear this is normal this is fine this is how you should feel about this yeah it's okay eventually you're gonna sit there and go oh yeah that's that's fine that's okay people I believe that people believe what they're told and that's uh, yeah. and repetition is the uh, is the strong suit of uh, of media John the optimist on our line here on radio free New York John I, I'd be curious to know what uh, you, you said there were three conservatives I'd like to know what the what the conception of NPR is about what a conservative is probably one of them's David Brock right well I got to tell you one of them was Don Riley who was a former uh, town supervisor in the town of Greece and uh, Don, Don is a he's he's a big government guy. Uh, uh, he was a supervisor in Greece, and and I question how. You know what I would call Don Riley? I would call him a liberal. He's a true liberal. Yeah, and that's a and a good and that's a good thing. I consider myself a liberal from the standpoint I look at both sides of a an argument. What the people that call themselves liberals out there today, uh, for the most part, they're not liberals. They're, they're leftists, and that's what NPR is. It's a leftist organization. So I would call Don Riley <clears throat> not a conservative but, but, but a liberal. The other uh, person they had was a small business guy down in Holcomb, and uh, he did sound like a conservative. He, he, did, he, uh, he does not like Donald Trump, and a lot, of, a lot of conservatives, true conservatives, don't like Donald Trump because Donald Trump is not a conservative. He's a liberal from New York City. And 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 I think uh, uh, that I think the third the third person was a, a young woman from uh, who was at the U of R. She headed up the Young Republicans or something like that. Now she's in the workforce in Buffalo, and she was on the panel too. And she she actually sounded pretty balanced as a conservative, but she she did not agree with the other two on uh, the way. Uh, Trump was handling this, which was on a very negative basis, and they gave applause to uh, Cuomo. She didn't give applause to Cuomo, and she didn't hammer Trump. I think I think she, out of the three, was the most true conservative of the of the three, uh, but more balanced, I should say. The one fellow from Holcomb actually, I think, was a hardcore conservative. Well, the uh, the left is pulling out all the stops, John. You can you can bet on that uh, heading into this election because at all costs they have to stop Donald Trump, and they are going to find a way, uh, you know. So help them God, except they don't believe in God, uh, to to pin this on uh, on everything that's going on with coronavirus on Trump. You know, 
Bob, you hit it on the head. This is this is the motivation. Once this thing, this story started a month, a month and a half ago, the media thought, you know, we struck out, we struck out on the Russian hoax, we struck out on the uh, Ukrainian impeachment, and now we got a third, we got a third uh, possible uh, way to hit a home run, and they just carried it, and and it, it hyped up to the point where the momentum is so strong right now that they might pull it off. Andrew? Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's an interesting thing because, it, you know, we were talking about the Siena poll a little bit earlier. They actually ask about that. I'll see if I can find it for you. Um, they ask if the election were to happen today, would they vote for Trump? And then do they believe that Trump would win? And, um, oh, here it is. I, I got it here for you guys. Um, so, so the Siena poll taken uh you know once again majority downstate says that 65 percent of respondents would vote for joe biden on the democrat line versus 29 percent on the republican line however the next question is even though the general election is months away if you had to predict today do you think Donald Trump will or will not be reelected as president of the United States? 45% say he will, 48% say he won't, and then uh, the remaining percentage says they don't know or don't have an opinion, which is very different numbers from the poll that they did uh, last month, which actually showed 58% of the people or the respondents thinking that he would win um, despite people saying that they wouldn't vote for him. So I, I think that what we're seeing is, yeah, we're seeing a trend of people being less and less sure about what the presidential election is going to look like. Culprit, the culprit is, is the media. I, Bill Maher, I watch the Bill Maher show every once in a while to get a perspective, and uh, he's a pretty good entertainer, but he's definitely a leftist. But i got to say, on certain positions, he uh, goes after the left on <clears throat> – on the uh, terrorist issue, Islam and terrorism and that type of thing. But he's been talking about this for months, about what we need is a great, great re depression or recession. He's been calling for that for months and months, and he's got his wish. I saw the show the other night, and he's he's happy. Yeah. It's yeah, a sad know, commentary. It, it really is sad, but I, I have seen that as well throughout the media over the years. People saying, oh, we just hope that there's a recession on Donald Trump's watch. And here's the thing. I don't care if you like the guy or not. It, it shouldn't be about that. You shouldn't wish that the American economy would tank under anybody's leadership, whether you agree with them or not. Why would you wish that on people? It's just an awful thing. Guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We'll catch you same time, same place tomorrow.